0: I never really had much faith in Joe Biden's DOJ. Once he decided to appoint Merrick Garland as his attorney general, a moderate to conservative, bland man who has lacked courage for a big chunk of his career. Once he appointed Merrick Garland to that position, most of us who care deeply about civil rights and human rights knew there really wouldn't be any radical change there, any radical accountability, even though Joe Biden was really elected to office off of the momentum of the Black Lives Matter movement of 2020. Here we are, hundreds and hundreds of cases that the DOJ refuses to do anything about. And what little faith and confidence I had in this DOJ, I don't have it anymore. Let me unpack and explain it. This is Sean King, and you're listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. I have multiple friends, people that I have known for years and years, who now work at the DOJ. Many of them have worked there at the DOJ since the beginning or near the beginning of the Biden administration. And without fail, all of them tell me that their time at the DOJ has been maddening, has been full of moments where they thought and hoped Mayor Garland would step up in ways that he hasn't. And that day in and day out, They are asking themselves if the time and effort that they're putting in is really worth it. And I'm already hearing that from staffers. But families that have met with the DOJ, families impacted by police violence all over the country, with the exception of very, very few of them, will all say they get good talk you know, good photo ops, they get promises, but ultimately those promises are never delivered on. And we've seen this before. And, and here's the thing. I just, I just had to put all my cards on the table. We always knew that Joe Biden was the modern day father of mass incarceration. We always knew that. We always knew That Merrick Garland was about as conservative and moderate of a person that a Democrat could ever appoint to the role of attorney general. When President Obama, if you don't remember this, when President Obama nominated Merrick Garland to be a Supreme Court justice, it was almost as a joke. It was done almost as a dare what President Obama did was appoint the literal most moderate to conservative Democrat available to dare Republicans to not vote for him. And they didn't. They turned him down, too, because people were pissed. At that time, there had never been a black woman on the Supreme Court. And this, we believed was going to be President Obama's last nomination. And when he nominated a bland, moderate to conservative white man, people were like, what the hell? You may not remember, there was massive frustration. Only till we came to realize that it was a political stunt, if you will, that President Obama and his team said, listen, since we have to get past Republicans to make this nomination work, let's nominate somebody that Republicans typically have worked okay with. And even then they turned down Merrick Garland. And so when Joe Biden chose Merrick Garland, to, who really does not have a history to brag about on civil rights and human rights, like that's not his specialty. When he appointed Merrick Garland to oversee the DOJ, it was a deep disappointment to many of us. And that's not just activists and organizers, but legal scholars who are into civil rights and human rights and equal rights all knew that this was not. A celebratory moment. This was not a slam dunk moment because Mayor Garland is moderate at best, is bland, conservative, and has consistently lacked courage to do bold things when it comes to civil rights, police violence, issues of justice. And so here we are. You know, into the third year of the Biden administration. And I can really count on one hand the number of police violence cases that the DOJ has taken up and actually done something about. And the two most significant cases that they did something about were two cases where police had already been prosecuted. As you may recall, they also decided to prosecute the officers who killed George Floyd, and they decided to prosecute the men who murdered Ahmaud Arbery. Well, those men had already been skillfully prosecuted. Like, thank you for doing what has already been done. God bless you for that. But those men had already been skillfully prosecuted in Minnesota and in Georgia and successfully prosecuted and convicted. So, yay, that the DOJ had the courage, the guts to do what had already been done but I can literally name 500 cases. I'm, I don't mean that theoretically. I can name more than that. I can name hundreds and hundreds of cases that we have, al- me and others, have already formally recommended to the DOJ that they refuse to do anything about. It makes no sense. Cases from... Literally, the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. We're talking about a 70-year period where we've said, listen, there is no statute of limitations on murder. And here are cases you should take up from the 50s, from the 60s, from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, all the way to today. And they refuse To do anything about 99% of those cases, even though they fall within their scope of severe, blatant civil rights violations that happened. Let me unpack and explain it right after the break. We have a quick word from some of our sponsors, and I'll be right back. Stick with me. The Breakdown. In some ways, I have to go back in time and talk to you about the families that went and met with the Obama administration during his first term and second term with the hopes that President Obama and his DOJ would do something, anything, about the most serious, blatant, egregious cases of police violence under their watch. And over and over and over again, Obama, his, President Obama himself sometimes and the attorney generals that served under him made promises and commitments to do all kinds of stuff that they never did. They made promises to exonerate people that they never exonerated, to release people that they never released, to free people that they never freed, to charge people that they never charged. And we were told, and I've told this story many, many times, we were told that the Obama administration, up until the final month of his term, believed so surely that Hillary Clinton would defeat Donald Trump, that they believed they were going to be able to hand over these hundreds and hundreds of cases, thousands of cases when it comes to people that they committed to in prison whose petitions had been recommended to them that they never did anything about. Thousands of people, thousands of families believed that the Obama administration was going to do something about their case and nothing happened. And the Obama administration, behind the scenes, was telling people, and they rushed to do a lot before President Obama left office in that few months after Donald Trump was elected, but literally left behind thousands and thousands of cases. They told people behind the scenes that, in part, it was a gross miscalculation because they believed that there would be a one-for-one carryover to Hillary Clinton and her DOJ that they thought would take the recommendations of the Obama administration. Well, Donald Trump won. So then there was a four-year, basically, gap or break and anything the DOJ did around the issues of police violence, those cases were all then given to the Biden administration, which has done next to nothing. I mean, it is minuscule what the Biden administration has done on these issues. And it really starts with Joe Biden and his attorney general, Merrick Garland. And anytime we push behind the scenes... We're always told that these are Merrick Garland's decisions. The inaction is up to him. Because there are some good people that are working for the DOJ. But when it comes to actually holding hundreds of police accountable in the most egregious cases you could ever imagine, they continue to tell us, listen, it's, you know, it's nothing that we can do. It's not up to us. It's up to. The attorney general, it's up to the administration to make these things a priority. And so here we are. And now Joe Biden is up to his eyeballs in classified documents that he has apparently all over his home and office and everything else. After Democrats roundly said, why in the hell would anybody have these types of documents in their office Now Biden has them all over his offices and home and garage and library. It's foolish. And so here we are still without somebody that's serious, without somebody that's seriously committed to holding police accountable, to overseeing just widespread issues around Justice, injustice, and not just police violence, prison violence. And they've done some systemic things behind the scenes, but it has, it's not leading to deep change. It could, but it isn't. Because they're not doing a lot of deep stuff. They just aren't. And no, I'm not surprised. And that's the first thing people will always be like, what are you surprised? No, it's not. I'm not surprised. I'm just frustrated. I'm not surprised, I'm just disappointed. Because what I know is people need our votes like crazy. And if we don't show up to vote in epic numbers, they lose. But then we don't get an epic commitment once you win. Like, I'm, I'm looking for a commitment to match our effort to get your ass into office. I got a lot of cases that I'm thinking about and... I'll, I'll be on here cussing and yelling if I start to name them, but every of the, all of the most egregious cases of police violence in our lifetime, the DOJ has a mandate and an opportunity to do something about it. And they're not. And how you choose to ignore things shows your priority as much as how you choose to focus on something. So they literally have tens of billions of dollars to fuel this war going on in Ukraine. And God bless those people. I I hate what Russia is doing in Ukraine. But like, if you're going to do that, okay. If you're going to do that, do that and keep your promises to us or don't do either or do both. But what's going on right now Is only going to breed more and more and more frustration when it's clear that when you have a priority, you do something about it. They didn't really do shit about voting rights that they could have done when they actually still controlled Congress. And they've hardly done anything on the issues of police violence and injustice, particularly on specific cases. And here we are. Same old same old stuff. This is why people say they're not voting. This is why people say they're done with politics. And then people decide to break the mold and vote and they break the mold and vote. And the things that they were told are going to happen, don't happen. Listen, I'll be right back here tomorrow. I'm thinking today about the family of Tyree Nichols and so many others who are still dealing with police violence, brutal, fatal police violence all over the country. Take care everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week we talk about wealth management, personal finance and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day, we're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist, Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So, make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone.